Good evening. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, I'm sure that we could agree that this world would be a much better place if men were grateful and live lives of gratitude uh, for all that God does. We live in a world where many will offer lip service to God uh, on Sundays, but won't live transformed lives Monday through Saturday. I am persuaded that the best way uh, to praise God is through righteous living. Uh, the psalmist declares in Psalm 107 verse 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Uh, but you remember it was Jesus who asked the question, why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I say? God is good to us, uh, better than we are to ourselves and certainly better than we could ever imagine. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention again this evening to the text that was read into our hearing there in Acts chapter 19. Uh, we want to read again there verse number 13. Acts 19 verse 13 in your Bibles, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. Based on the account recorded for us here in Acts 19 by Luke, uh, we want to use this evening as a subject, scaring the devil out of the devil. Scaring the devil out of the devil. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Acts 19, has anyone ever asked you what you are afraid of? Now, some of us might declare that we are not afraid of anything, while others would go to the other end of the spectrum and are afraid of most everything and to be sure, phobias abound. Perhaps you've used or heard someone use the expression, you scared the devil out of me. It might be news to us that there are some things that even the devil is afraid of. In James 2 verse 19 in your Bibles, James declares, thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. There are some things, some behaviors that are true about individuals that are scared or gripped by fear. We are told in 1 John 4 verse 18 that fear has torment. And people that are afraid are deliberately cautious, full of dread and ready to panic. And have you ever seen somebody that's afraid of the dark have to go into a dark room or a dark place? They don't just rush in. Quite often, they go in with a whole lot of 
uh, uh, support from somebody who was in a position uh, to compel them so to do. But even the devil acts different when he is afraid. If we look through scripture, note the difference in the devil's reaction to Jesus in Mark chapter five, to Paul in verses 11 and 12 in Acts 19, and the sons of Sceva in verses 13 through 16. And I believe that begs to question, why did the devil respond differently to Jesus and Paul than he did to the sons of Sceva? Fear can be caused by that which is unknown, but there are times when fear is the result of that which is known. The devil knows men, for the Bible depicts him as an observer, a stalker, and a schemer. But the devil, understanding the power of God, realizes that one cannot prevail against God or those who belong to God. So the devil had reason to be careful of Jesus and Paul, but no reason to worry about the sons of Sceva. You see, the sons of Sceva were selling what used to be called wolf tickets. See, many Christians and many professed Christians in our world today are trying to sell the devil wolf tickets. A wolf ticket means that I talk good, but don't have the action to back up the, uh, the talk. There are many religious people in our world today and even members of the church that talk good, but there's no substance or faith to their living. If the sum of my Christianity is that I attend worship service on Sunday, I'm trying to sell the devil wolf tickets. But when we look here at Acts chapter 19, and we ask the question, what scares the devil out of the devil? Well, look again with me at verse number 13. Certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preached. One of the things that Luke makes abundantly clear is that these men were acting on their own accord. They were not acting at the command of God, nor acting on God's behalf. But I submit to you that one of the things that scares the devil out of the devil is a faith that is genuine. You see, faith, when it is genuine, will manifest itself uh, in actions. In James 2 and verse number 17 in your Bibles, James declared, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Genuine faith does something. Even the sons of Sceva saw the manifestation of Paul's faith. That the sons of Sceva tried to use the name of Jesus as some sort of spiritual abracadabra uh, indicates that they had no genuine faith in Christ Jesus. Notice what they say, we, we command you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now they're saying, we don't really know this Jesus for ourselves, but we've seen what Paul is able to do by invoking this name. Well, we need faith in Christ to withstand the attacks of the devil. Appreciate that the devil comes with a game plan. We are told in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, 
For your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And I submit to you that naming Jesus is no substitute for knowing Jesus. You can't live successfully uh, or happily on the faith of another, which is what the sons of Sceva were trying to do. We've seen what Paul does in Jesus' name, it, and, and appreciate the phrase means by Jesus's authority. We've seen what Paul is able to do by Jesus's authority, and, and we are trying to imitate what Paul has done, even though we don't know this Jesus for ourselves. Well, we need to appreciate that Jesus's name can't be used as a matter of convenience. God will not bless or deliver us simply because we are members of the church. We have entered into a covenant relationship, and the covenant involves both privileges and responsibilities. And if we want to reap the privileges of the covenant, then we must be faithful to the responsibilities of the covenant. But there's a second consideration this evening from what scares the devil uh, uh, out of the devil. Not only is the devil scared by a faith that is genuine, but he is afraid of those that are truly dedicated to the Lord. And any asset to the kingdom of God is a liability to the kingdom of darkness. And it was not so much the quantity of work which was substantial, as it was the quality of work that Paul had done. See, Paul gave his all uh, uh, and his best. Now, I don't know how many folk can say that I give God my all and my best, uh, but if you listen to Paul in, in 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 and 7, he, he says, therefore, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, thank God finishing our course doesn't mean that I've done the right thing every step of the way. But Paul says, when you look back at, at the sum of my living, I've been faithful to God. Now, he needed a thorn in the flesh. There were things that he had to learn. Uh, uh, he even had a falling out with, with Barnabas. But Paul could say at, at the end of the day, I have done the work that God gave me to do. And when we talk about uh, 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 being adversaries of the devil, appreciate that a smart co competitor scouts his opponent. Now, now, that's a smart competitor. If you are going to be involved in a competition of any kind, it's a good idea to know who it is that you're going to be uh, uh, competing against. Uh, in Job 1, verse number 7, uh, you remember there was a conversation between God uh, and the devil. And you remember God said, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him? Appreciate that it was God who brought up Job's name, not the devil. I I'm sure if it had been left to the devil, he would have found somebody other than Job uh, to bring up. Uh, but God chose Job because he understood that Job would be faithful even when tested in a severe manner. Now, it wasn't every name that God could have called at that point, but he called Job because he, he understood uh, Job's faithfulness, but he also understood what levels the devil would stoop to. See, the devil is not deceived by, nor has any regard for outward appearances, 
rituals, formulas, uh, or words. Uh, the devil is serious about his business. And if he is serious about his business, uh, it behooves us to be serious uh, about ours. Again, in your Bibles, in Matthew 7 and verse number 20, Jesus says, wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. See, you can tell who's dedicated to the Lord by their fruit. And you can tell who talks a good game, but, but doesn't uh, back it up with their living by their fruits. Now, we're not the omniscient God who knows the hearts of men and sees all and can do all. But, but Jesus has told us, if you want to know something about a person, watch what they do and not just listen to what they say. Well, you don't think the devil watches what we do as, as, instead of just listening to what we say? Uh, when God said, have you beheld my servant Job? Wasn't the devil able to say some things about Job? Does Job fear God for no reason? You've blessed the work of his hands. Uh, 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 you, you protect him. Uh, the devil knew something about Job. And it would uh, behoove us to appreciate that the devil knows something about us as well. And then looking again at Acts chapter 19, uh, 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 the account tells us that the evil spirits, verse 15, answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. And if you study the language there, uh, the devil gives more weight to Jesus than he does to Paul. Now, that's not saying that Paul was a lightweight, but it's understanding that Paul was the servant of Jesus. Uh, you notice, uh, even the sons of Sceva said, we, we command you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Not we command you by Paul. They understood that Paul was a servant uh, of the one who possessed the power. Jesus, I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And then in verse 16, the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now let me tell you, when somebody beat the clothes off of you and wounds you, it, you have been beat about as bad as beat can be. And they ran out of the house, the Bible says. The third thing that scares the devil out of the devil is faithfulness through persecutions and troubles. I get the impression from what Luke recounts to us here in Acts 19 uh, that that was probably the last time these sons of Sceva tried to exercise an evil spirit, at least in Jesus' name. They didn't want to repeat an experience like they had just had. On the other hand, Paul suffered a great deal uh, at the hands of the enemies of Jesus, but continued to preach Jesus uh, uh, just as boldly as he had after being persecuted, as he had before the persecution. See, to cast one's lot with God is at the same time to cast one's lot against the devil. That we, therefore, we ought to expect uh, uh, there will be some attacks from the devil. Uh, you know, you just don't work to bring down the kingdom of darkness and the devil sit idly by and, and watch what you were doing. In, in 2, Peter, uh, 2 Timothy, rather, 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, 
The Bible declares, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, be aware that the devil will use temptation as much as he uses persecution. When he finds a weakness, he will exploit it. Now, faithfulness is as much about uh, uh, wanting to do what's right as it is being able to do what's right. See, we know we can because the Bible declares that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is not the ability that we are strengthened by Christ where we're lacking. Sometimes it's the willpower to do the right thing uh, uh, in the first place. In James 4, verse number 7, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, that's God's promise. If we resist Satan, Satan will have to flee. Now, don't misread what James says. It doesn't mean he won't be back with something else. It, it just means he, he, he's got to try again because he understands, as long as I submit myself to the power of God, uh, there's nothing that he can do. Now, he's not willing to give up. He will surely be back again. But appreciate, God isn't the only one who needs Christians on whom he can depend. The devil needs some Christians that he can depend on too. And the most effective way to hurt an enemy is to be able to work from the inside. You know, it's not a blow to the church uh, if the world falters, but it's a blow to the church when those of us who are members of the church falter. Uh, what the devil would love to do is work from the inside to create problems for the church. But there are some things that even the devil is afraid of. He's afraid of the God that we belong to. He's afraid of the power that our God possesses. And as long as we let God work through us, there is nothing the devil can do about the power of the God that we serve. God calls men to himself, and there's nothing that the devil can do to stop people from being saved. Now, people can stop themselves from being saved by resisting the gospel message, but once the gospel message is preached and it enters into the hearts of men, there's nothing that the devil can do except that we are willing accomplices uh, to his actions. God requires, if we are to be saved from sin, that we hear the good news of the gospel message of Christ Jesus, Romans 10, 17. That we believe Jesus to be the Christ, John 8, 24. That we be willing to repent of sin, Acts 17, 30 and 31. That we make the confession of faith that Jesus is the Christ, Matthew 10, 32 and that we be baptized in water for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. When we go down into the waters of baptism and there isn't a thing the devil can do about it, God washes away our sins by the blood of Christ Jesus and dwells us with his spirit so that we can battle the devil on a daily basis and adds us to the church, gives us a, us a support group to help us battle the devil and all his evil schemes. 
When we come up out of the waters of baptism, it is required that we live obediently in God's service. Ephesians 4, verse 1. If there's someone listening to this message via one of the social media outlets and you want to be baptized into Christ Jesus and be able to scare the devil out of the devil, then we bid you reach out to our elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. If you're here in our audience and this is your desire, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.